Believe it or not, I have more important things to do today than laugh and clap my hands. This is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 60 for the week of December 5th, 2011. I am Bonitis Sufferer, David T. Cole, and I'm here with Cooked Foot Joe Reed mm. and 30 Tara Arianos. Feed your feet are what you walk on. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. Uh, we're doing a special episode this week. Pre-tape, pre-tape. Pre-tape, pre-tape. This is uh, for the week of whatever Dave said. December December 5th. 5th. All right. But we are recording it much, much earlier than that because some of us are going out of town again. Um, (laughs) So in order to uh, do a pre-tape episode, we decided to dig into our archives of submitted canons. Which we have quite a few of. Thank you. We have quite a few of. Thank you to all of you who have submitted. Unfortunately, only one weekend per week. So only one canon submission can we give you a week. So we have a little bit of a backlog. It's like a con. Happy to like get that. through some of them. Indeed. Yes. So yeah. this week we are doing three. And they all happen to be half-hour comedies. But they could not be more different, you guys. That is true. I think we can agree on that. Yes. I think we could. So Dave, why don't you kick us off? Okay. Our first submission comes from Crystal. But unfortunately, I did a little goof. And I realized I couldn't use the actual audio submission uh, she gave us until almost the very last moment. So I am going to do my best to very quickly go through Futurama's Future Stock. We start at the annual Planet Express stockholder meeting where things are unprofessional as ever. I own one share of Planet Kajigger, so I'm entitled to some answers. Question one. Why does no one visit me in my home? Because your apartment smells like polygrip and cat pee. (laughs) Uh, So Fry, who's the lead character in Futurama, uh, is bored and hungry and wanders away to the other banquet rooms at the hotel where the stockholder meeting is. He first visits a robot... uh, Bar Mitzvah, which I believe is called a Bot, bot Mitzvah. mitzvah. Mm-hmm. So, what's the deal? You guys don't believe in Robot Jesus? We believe he was built and that he was a very well-programmed robot, but he wasn't our messiah. <laughs> he sounds like Arnold Rothstein. <laughs> he kind does. Of. <laughs> so, uh, then he goes into another room where there's a support group for, like, cryogenic thaw-ease. Yes. And he meets a character that's only referred to as that guy throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. That guy is a go-go 80s Wall Street sort of Michael, Michael Douglas on Wall Street guy, complete with his blue shirt with the white collars yep. and the uh, lemon yellow tie. Sure, yeah, and know. suspenders. And uh, this guy also uh, froze himself uh, because he had terminal bonitis and he was just way too busy in the 80s to really do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Fry bonds over their shared heritage. Hey, buddy, I'm from the same time as you. Remember that song, Safety Dance? Sure do. We can dance. You know, that dance wasn't as safe as they said it was. I tell you, two go-go 80s Reaganauts like us, we could rule this world. No question. If only someone would give us a shot. They're scared of our raw power. Oh, but if you want a job, I could beg everyone at the company where I work. Awesome. Awesome to the max. <laughs> so Fry's not, you know, the smartest guy in the room. No. And, Certainly uh, not. He brings that guy back to the shareholder meeting and makes the case that that guy should be the new CEO of Planet Express because he's businessy and he wears a tie. Yep. 
So everyone else at the stockholder meeting votes in the professor for another term, but we have yet to hear from fan favorite and Planet Express janitor, Scruffy. <laughs> Scruffy votes his 40,000 shares for the mysterious stranger. 40,000? How come you have four times as much stock as the rest of us? Scruffy believes in this company. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so glad you left in the little whimper, too. Oh, marmalade. So uh, now that guy is in charge, and that guy uh, is going to explain how things are going to work from now on at Planet Express. Let's cut to the chase. There are two kinds of people, sheep and sharks. Anyone who's a sheep is fired. Who's a sheep? Uh, excuse me, which is the one people like to hug? <laughs> Gutsy question. You're a shark. Sharks are winners, and they don't look back, because they don't have necks. Necks are for sheep. I am proud to be the shepherd of this herd of sharks, and I am going to lead you to the top in this industry of... of... Package delivery. Package delivery? Oh, God. Fantastic! <laughs> All right, so uh, that guy takes the whole gang on a uh, staff field trip to discuss his new business target, the omnipresent conglomerate in the show known as MomCorp. We can't compete with Mom. Her company is big and evil. Ours is small and neutral. Switzerland is small and neutral. We're more like Germany, ambitious and misunderstood. <laughs> Look, everyone wants to be like Germany, but do we really have the pure strength of will? <laughs> uh, so, uh, of course, uh, you know, being an 80s guy, he's really just out to uh, gut the company and sell it to Mom Corp so she can eliminate it as a competitor. So everyone's mad at Fry for making this happen, but they eventually come around when they realize that they will become very, very rich. And then Fry, in turn, realizes he doesn't want to sell the company because he's going to miss working with his friends all day. And the matter is settled moments before the final shareholders uh, vote by that guy. So I ask you, as a friend, won't you stop this deal? Fry, I'm an 80s guy. Friendship to me means that for two bucks, I beat you with a pool cue till you got detached retinas. The deal will go ahead as... And starts con contorting in an an amazing pain. animation, yeah. There's spirals involved with his arms. Yeah. My bones! <gasps> oh my god, his bone-itis! I was so busy being an 80s guy, I forgot to cure it. My only regret is that I have bone-itis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, top five Futurama quoted yep. lines in this household. Oh, yes. Uh, my only regret is I have X. Yes, we yeah. also use go-go 80s guy a lot as shorthand for that kind of person. Yeah. Even in 2011 and I'm assuming beyond. Absolutely. So that's pretty much the end of the episode. Yep. The deal doesn't go through and in classic sitcom style, everything, the, everything is zero. reset to zero. Yeah. Yep. Future stock by Futurama. Yep. Question. Yes. Uh, as a non-Futurama guy. Yeah. Did they just... Here we go. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with Futurama, you guys? Does it take place in the past? Or... Is this 
company that they all own. Did this just get sprung in this episode, or no. is this like a this recurring thing? This is this is how this is the set of the show. Why why do they own a company? Uh, the old man, Professor uh-huh. Farnsworth, yes. he owns the company. He owned it before Fry came into the. He's defrosted in the right. first episode. And um, uh, Professor Fry is sort of a scientist, Professor tinkerer. Farnsworth, sorry, is a uh, um, kind of a mad scientist. So that's what they're always flying and around on the spaceship yes. doing is delivering shit? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Delivering things to other planets. Somehow this passed me by. Hence all their adventures in far-flung places. Sure, sure, that's sure. That's why they're always going... He, he's he's forever sending yeah. crews to their doom. Okay. The, the current crew is like his third or fourth now. Mm-hmm. And they keep on dying because okay. he sends them to terrible places to pick up things for himself. And, All right. Yes. Uh, as a non-Futurama guy, I laughed at this episode a lot. Yeah. And I have to say, uh, Tress McNeil doesn't get the props that she deserves mm-hmm. on The Simpsons because mm-hmm. she's outshone by the main cast actors. Sure. She is so fantastic in everything but this episode especially playing not only mom who i realized in this episode is kind of like an old older lady version of uh bell from the burlesque house episode Mm -hmm. in sort of of the way she looks yes on the simpsons but also the of course you knew i would love the cranky cat lady with one shareholder vote who sounds exactly like agnes skinner and and one true eye the <laughs> other eye looking off and she is a recurring character yeah oh and i lo- as soon as i heard it i was just like oh that's so that's so close to agnes how could yes. i not love her you ate all my change <laughs> <laughs> shakes yeah. the cat shakes the cat you can hear it jingling yeah. yeah uh really really funny bonitis was really funny um not a, uh, not a ton of Zoidberg, who is my mm-hmm. my. Whenever I do t- tune into a Futurama yep. episode, he's my favorite. Yes, but he had he had his moments when he, he got denied <laughs> from the uh, from the bat mitzvah. No shellfish. No shellfish. And there's a whole plot that I didn't bring up in the in the summary where he is forever trading his shares for really silly things like sandwiches because he just loves any food and yeah. can't tell and if it's poor. good or bad and yeah. he's forever poor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's an ongoing thing in the show. Actually, it does that a lot. Indeed. Yeah. Tara, what did you think? Um, this was a great showcase for mom. She has a great yeah. line. I wish I'd written it down. It was like, cram it in your bastard, you puke. <laughs> Something. She's abusing her her three sons. Yeah. One of whom's named Ignard, awesomely. <laughs> um, yeah, go-go 80s guy, plus the cryogenic support group featuring the unfrozen caveman, which yeah. is not quite a nod to unfrozen caveman lawyer, but it's two-thirds of the way there. Yeah. Um, and, and the guy who uh, was was frozen when the world was conquered by carrots, but now it's not. It takes a lot of adjusting to get used to. (laughs) Um, the uh, there's good stuff for the for the professor too. Like when he uh, he's asked to produce his business plan for that guy, and he's then he's wait, this is an escape plan, and then the professor is taken off and giggles. Yeah. It's funny when the professor is mischievous rather than just evil. Yeah, you know when he's like or playful clueless. or yeah. clueless. Yeah. Um, and it's there's a couple of good reminders that Amy is very very wealthy too. Like when she's crying about the collapse of the company, and then her butler is helping her pack her locker. <laughs> Madam is outraged. Yes, is, is the other thing he does in the episode. There's so and so's cotillion. Oh, that'll be fun. <laughs> um, but the, the real showcase is that guy, yeah. the go go eighties guy, and um, the way he completely rooks fry into his whole lifestyle to where they you know are, land on the covers of mentor and protege magazine yes. respectively and they have their their chairs that need chair fuel <laughs> fry gets an assistant who's like a robot program it's it's great it's a lot of uh it's it's very wall streety and funny and there's also the the apple computer the night yo the ad, ad that's right yeah yeah I, that it. wasn't my favorite part i thought like that's been done a thousand times it has but, but it, it plays into the whole the, 80s absolutely yeah, yeah it was it was accurate 
uh, for that. Also, there's a lot of little touches like the stock exchange. If you pay attention, yes. that the stocks are going up and down. It's yeah. like, you know, because they're all obviously Mac people, like the mm-hmm. Mac stuff, Windows down, but it's like Kirk down, Gorn up. <laughs> like a lot of nerdy things in the background of this episode, too. Yeah. I wish watching this episode, and because uh, that guy is such a great character, mm-hmm. and they did the right thing at the end of the episode by killing him off so yes. they can never bring him back. Yes. Yeah. Ever in her hearts, exactly as I remember him. <laughs> kind of make me. Like Frank Grimes? Yeah, like Frank Grimes and Scorpio. Yeah. Like Even Scorpio, when they brought him back for the intro, was like, no, don't do it. Yeah. You don't have that right 10 years later, Simpsons. You just don't <laughs> have the right. But uh, this episode, it's a great suggestion. I'm sorry we couldn't use your audio. Um, but great suggestion. Mm-hmm. I'm totally on board. Tara, let's make this official. Tara, what do you say? It's my second favorite episode of Futurama Ooh, ever. Well. So I definitely have to vote it in. Awesome. <laughs> And Joe? I will also vote yes. Awesome to the max. All right. I also say yes. So that means... Futurama Future Stock from Season 3. You are hereby inducted into the Extra Hot Great Canon. Crystal, you got Joe to vote for Futurama. (laughs) That is a big win. I know. All right, let's get to our second show, and this one comes from Jared. Hey there, Extra Hog Great. This is Jared from Brooklyn, and I'm calling to submit to the canon Season 1, Episode 2 of The Kids in the Hall. I know you've discussed in the past the idea that sketch shows are a difficult card to play for something like this because they're notoriously hit or miss, and because your mind, in hindsight, often puts your favorite sketches up on a pedestal while forgetting the sometimes torturous ones that surrounded them. And while I think this is true most of the time, I also think that this episode of The Kids in the Hall is funny and fresh throughout, with a consistency that's remarkable considering how early in the show's run it took place. We're seeing here a group of comedians incredibly confident in their vision, which is especially impressive given just how weird that vision was. The episode opens with the first appearance of 30 Helens, a diverse group of women, all named Helen, who offer up nuggets of wisdom on life, the universe, everything. We see the Helens three times in this episode. Each time, different Helens get a chance to speak as the other 29 nod in agreement behind them. 30 Helens agree. Honesty is the best policy. You cheat on your wife, really. Aren't you only cheating yourself? I should know. I've been married for 12 years, adding up all my marriages. (laughs) If a guy won't tell you where he lives, watch out. Or if he owns his own pool cue. 30 Helens agree. Honesty is the best policy. We also get in this episode, for the first time, one of the most famous kids in the hall characters, Cabbage Head, played by Bruce McCullough. Mr. Head's character is pretty straightforward. He's misogynistic, shallow, and rude, with, for unexplained reasons, a cabbage for a head. Here, we see him on a date. Uh, the lady will have... A bowl of gin, no ice. We don't have time for it to melt. And I'll have a rum and rye. And could you garnish that with a couple of Tums? What a manly drink. Yes, I'm having such strong feelings about you that I'm having trouble with my gut. And as if that weren't enough, we also get my all-time favorite Kids in the Hall sketch. It stars Dave Foley as a sarcastic guy at a party. Hi, I'm Derek. Pleased to meet you. Well, it certainly is a pleasure to meet you, Derek. (laughs) I'm sorry if I bothered you. 
Oh, no, you're not bothering me, Derek. Far from it. There's nothing I would rather do than just stand here and chat with you. You know, really get to know you. It soon becomes clear, though, that Foley's character isn't rude, but rather has an odd speech impediment, although Kevin McDonald's character doesn't believe it. Look, I don't think there's any need to be sarcastic. Oh, I'm not being sarcastic! No! This is just a little speech impediment. I can't help it. Okay, I've obviously said or done something wrong to upset you. I'm just going to apologize and be on my way. No, no, no. Please stay. It's true. I've talked this way all my life. It's made things very difficult for me. Yeah, right. Hey, where are you going? Come back. I really want to be your friend. I'm so lonely. The episode features a handful of other funny sketch ideas, including a man whose chest gets successively colonized by Spain, France, and Russia, the introduction of Scott Thompson's recurring Buddy Cole character, and a jealous discussion by a group of men over a poker table of the benefits of menstruation, having babies, and having breasts. So you're in or out of this one. I want more of your money. Just give me a minute. Come on, are you in or out? Just give me a minute. Are you in or Would out? You just give me a minute. What's wrong with you? I mean, you're a period? <laughs> well, what if I was, huh? Do you want to step outside? Hey. No. I just want to have a period, that's all. Just one a month, okay? Come on, guys. Why? Might help a guy organize his time. <laughs> yeah. Each month I feel my body become fertile and I'd say... No, I choose not to have a baby. Oh, rents do. <laughs> All told, it's a strong 24 minutes of television. You know, Canada has given us a lot of great things over the years, and if the kids in the hall isn't at the top of that list, then it's got to be close. And I think this episode best encapsulates the troupe's unique and memorable comedy style. Thanks for considering it for the canon, and happy voting. Interesting strategic move, closing yeah, with the Canada pandering. I was going to say... Um, that was Flattery funny. will get you nowhere, sir. Well, um, <laughs> thank you for the submission, Jared. Uh, this was very interesting to watch because I think that some of the sketches might have been remixed from the CBC version to the HBO version, which I suspect this is. Because hmm. um, I'm pretty sure they claim this chest in the name of Spain was a cold open for an episode when I saw it. Huh. Oh, anyway. Um, yeah, there's some great stuff in this episode. The, uh, the, the women sketch at the end that he sort of glosses over is probably one of my favorite sketches of Kids in the Hall ever. The poker one? The poker yeah. one. It's really funny. It's really good. And, and it's, it's sort of that. And the, even Cabbage Head gets a line where he says, and I don't mean that in a sexist way. Like that and the way that they, um, just played women's characters in a non like over the top drag way. Like it was just, they didn't have women in the troupe and they needed female right. characters. So they dressed up as women. Like yeah. it's very matter of fact. Um, and I love how feminist this, the final sketch is without, you know, it's about women, but it doesn't make women the right. butt of the joke. And right. it's really smartly written and well performed. Yes. And everyone gets a nice showcase. Even Scott yeah. Thompson hardly has anything to say, but he's the one who says he wants to have a baby. Why do you want a baby? 
I'm bored. <laughs> and I, after I rewatched this um, last week, Lindsay Robertson, my esteemed colleague on Yahoo's blog, The Set, is not a fan of Kids in the Hall, even though she is a fan of sketch comedy. And she mm-hmm. told me when we first got to know each other that she's had lots of boyfriends who have tried to force her to like Kids in the uh, Hall. Yeah. She never, they've like sat her down and made her watch it. She never liked it. Yeah. So I very sparingly, and I mean, I've sent her three clips yeah. in the year plus that I've known her right. that I thought she might like. Yeah. And this was one of them. She yeah. thought it was great. What? Well, just she had lots of boyfriends, all who tried to make her. Well, did all you know. her boyfriends make her watch it, or did she just have so many boyfriends that the Venn diagram <laughs> of the ones that made her watch Kids in the Hall was still, as you say, lots? Well, I whatever. She's had more than one, and obviously she loves comedy, so she dates people who love comedy. It's not so outlandish. I think maybe she's just meeting them at the Kids in the Bar, con- uh, Kids in the Hall conventions. <laughs> Lindsay Robertson, the ball is in your court now. <laughs> Defend yourself. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the problem with this episode is exactly what Jared said we were going to say at the beginning, which yeah. is there is stuff in it that is not so strong. And he kind of can't immunize he, yourself against you it can't. by saying mm-hmm. it. And he he glosses over it, hoping that we're not going to notice maybe. But we did. So uh, I clipped out a couple of uh, moments. One is the uh, from the guy who gets his chest colonized. This is the, the end of the sketch. <laughs> All that is required now for this to be a fully formed and well-rounded comedy sketch is a resolution. I'm telling you, I circled it. I don't think so, because I'm a cancer and it's not... Scrum, Spain! Shake a leg, France! Why, I ought to sell your eyes to my angry sister. (laughs) They're gone, friend. But I claim this just... Good morning! Uh, you know, I don't know what the point of that is. Uh, you know, I guess it, it's possible because before they got Kids in the Hall, Bruce McCullough and Mark McKinney were both writers on SNL yeah. for a time. So this might have been some kind of like, here's what we learned about writing on that show. But like, the other than that, it's generally stronger than the average episode of SNL. There's not really anything they're doing differently on Kids in the Hall than what happens on SNL and the film right. bits. So I don't know the point of that sketch. And the other that that Jared Gloss struck over. me as the there's always the one or two kids in the classroom when they do public speaking that does the speech about how to write a speech. Yeah. And it was sort of like it's in that territory. But like, I don't. You know, like you're better than that. You're right. better than this. Yeah, sketch. yeah, absolutely. And then the other is Buddy Cole, who is a very divisive issue. Frankly, he's a divisive <laughs> character. Yeah. He's like, you're either on one side or the other. No one feels half measures about this guy. Right. Yeah. And his th- this sketch in particular, I feel like this monologue is really meandering. But this is this was like the one kind of funny line from it. They say that every different group has their own language. For example, fags say things like girl and sister. And what's her problem? Another example. Another example, foxy black mamas. They say things like girl and sister. And what's her problem? Makes you think. <laughs> and straight men say things like no, and too expensive, and touchdown, and score. <laughs> They're so together. I don't know how long the rest of that sketch is, but it it's feels like it's long. about 10 minutes long. All Buddy Cole ones go way too long. The one funny one that he ever no did No relation. Was- <laughs> was that where he's a manager of the lesbian softball team yeah, it's like yeah, the yeah. film segment that one is actually funny every other thing is just like get on with it so well, self-indulgent what, well see that's one of the problems with kids in the hall as far as like trying to find that one magic episode is yeah. that you know 
a, a certain percentage of any episode is group effort, mm-hmm. and then you can really tell when there's these solo yeah projects yes. within the show. <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. Bruce McCullough stuff is really tough sometimes to mm-hmm. watch. Uh, Scott Thompson's Buddy Cole's really you know boring to watch sometimes. sometimes yeah. you know, it's really hit and miss, and that just applies to the whole show when you mix it together like that you get some real uh, the group stuff is always the best yes like one of my favorite skits from is the the chocolate the guy um, not from this episode but yes. Dave Foley uh, on a diet coming to grips with throwing out a bar of chocolate and then he keeps <laughs> digging it out of the garbage and it goes through more and more ridiculous things he does to retrieve whatever's left Puts of this it in chocolate the sink, bar throws like Ajax on, on it, it then yeah. wa- washes it off and, and this seems like everybody wrote that one you know, and, and and a lot of like that. But then, you know, you get the ones where it's like, you know, personal project and it's yeah. never as strong. Uh, Kids in the Hall, watching it, I watched it. They would rerun it on Comedy Central yes. from what they ran on HBO. Mm-hmm. So I was getting it sort of like third generation anyway. And I, this was the only experience I'd had with sketch comedy was seeing reruns of Saturday Night Live on uh, on Comedy Central. And Kids in the Hall was very strange to me and was very, I think the archness of it felt really, I don't want to say off-putting, but it was like I was intimidated by it. And uh, I was probably only like 12 years old, 13 years old when I was watching this, and Buddy Cole scared the shit (laughs) out of me for very understandable reasons. You know what I mean? was just like, because he was so incredibly flamingly homosexual sure. in a way that I was not prepared to deal with right. from anything on television at the time. Same Buddy Cole is not from Buffalo? <laughs> no, but watching it now, I did think it was it was really meandering in a way that I think I never thought Kids in the Hall sketches were long like that. I remember he- I remember hearing at the time. I don't that think the virtue- it is that long. It just feels long. Well, but the virtue of the Kids in the Hall at the time was like they don't let their sketches drag on and on and no. on like Saturday Night Live does. And I thought in this episode alone, that one felt long, the cabbage had felt long, and mm. uh, there was one of them. Well, the poker one was long, but it was worthwhile long. Um, but watching Buddy Cole now, I do. It's funny. I think shortened up and tightened up, it would be really funny because I like that sort of perspective. Um, not to make this whole, you know, a referendum on that. Uh, I wasn't. They, I mean, I, just to give you some, yeah. some context, because yeah. I was a giant Kids in the Hall nerd. Yeah. Like when it was on initially in Canada. And this when would this, have been in our season, early college university days. No. Oh, really? I was, no, this was in like, this episode would have aired in Canada in like probably 1988 or nine. Really? That, yeah. Oh my God, I'm old. Okay. I, was, I was barely in high school when that when the right. show started. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they had lots of gay sketches it wasn't like right. all the gay stuff was just was well, ghettoized right. into buddy sketches well right that's the whole the whole show uh, between you know that there were no female cast members but they were always sort of dressing up as ladies and it was right. progressive in a way that I wasn't again I wasn't prepared to uh, consume yeah. at the time I think it's a lot more palatable to me now although I do think like you guys said it has those inconsistency problems where if you could just sort of take it on you know take a handful of your favorite sketches yeah. it'd be really good I really liked 30 Helens. I liked the uh, the enthusiastic way they would all nod mm-hmm. at the end of it. I thought that was funny. Um, the tractor thing I didn't quite get, and that was just I a weird interstitial. <laughs> um, poker was fantastic. Sarcastic Guy was one of those things that was so committed to it that it was excruciating in mm-hmm. that sort of <clears throat> vicarious discomfort way. Right. And uh, Cabbage Head... 
I feel like that one really impressed me as something where if I went to a live sketch show and saw that, I would laugh my ass off because it yeah. seemed very sort of impulsive and of the moment and ridiculous in that way that I feel like live sketch shows do mm-hmm. well, but on television it starts to feel in, not quite indulgent and not quite contrived, but maybe something sort of akin to both right. where it just didn't quite do it for me. Yeah, not to reduce this to the math of it, but, you know, we've talked about sketch shows before and that, you know, when you leave watching, you know, at the end of your 30 minutes, you watch the show, you wake up the next morning and you remember 12 of those minutes. Yeah. Those are the great 12 minutes. And this is, I think, the case with this episode, too. So, I mean, just to reduce it down, 30 Helen's Agree, funny. The uh, uh, comedy sketch deconstruction, not funny. Uh, 30 Helens again good cabbage head I've never liked I also never liked chicken lady which I think is a similar sort of like yeah they don't over do, the top character <clears throat> like they that didn't and used it, to do a lot of recurring characters yeah. and then this episode has two mm. uh, this yeah, again the salute to the tractor weird yeah. thing was was just odd it wasn't bad it wasn't funny it was I just sort of it. weird and <laughs> I like the weirdness of it um, but it wasn't absurdist it was just cute mm-hmm. it, was, it was an odd play uh i did like the party sarcasm thing i thought it was good uh buddy cole again didn't really care for it, and then they wrapped it up with 30 helens and i did they never brought 30 helens back right yeah, yeah. Was, oh they did eh? uh-huh. oh okay and again the poker i think is the strong yeah the strongest uh skit yeah. of, of this show um but you know when i do the math we're half and half yeah you know and i right. think that's pretty indicative and of, of mm-hmm. most kids in the hall shows you know mm-hmm. it's just and Saturday Night Live and mm-hmm. Mr. Show. I mean, I that one the, we did with Mr. <clears throat> Show where it got it was in. such an outlier. It, it was is. a super outlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the exception that proves it's and a I feel testament like we, to my esteemed colleague, Lindsay. Yeah. She did well. And her talent that of picking the tramp. right <laughs> one. <laughs> Dave, I trying to say. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> All right. So let's put this to a vote, shall yeah. we? Tara? As much as it pains me, because I love Kids in the Hall, I have to... Vote no on this one, but thank you, Jared. And Joe? I will also vote no. I'm also voting no, even with the Canadian bias. <laughs> uh, a great comedy troupe, but absolutely. it's really hard to build a solid half hour and week a, after week. A great show that's absolutely 100% worth watching, especially now that it's all on Netflix. Everyone should watch it, regardless of our nay vote today. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, it's our third of the episode and we're going to deal with the injury from the u.s version of the office i would like to submit an episode of the office to the canon the episode is from season two it's episode 12 the injury written by mindy kaling the episode opens with pam answering the phone to michael who is screaming that he is hurt and seriously injured jim quickly switches the call to the speaker phone and we in the entire office then learn that Michael has burned his foot on a George Foreman grill. The interview monologue that follows with Michael explaining why a George Foreman grill is in his bedroom is in my personal top three of office moments. I enjoy having breakfast in bed. I like waking up to the smell of bacon. Sue me. (laughs) And since I don't have a butler, I have to do it myself. So, most nights before I go to bed, I will lay six strips of bacon out on my George Foreman grill. Then I go to sleep. When I wake up, I plug in the grill. I go back to sleep again. Then I wake up to the smell of crackling bacon. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. Today, I got up, I stepped onto the grill, and I clamped down on my foot. That's it. I don't see what's so hard to believe about that. Um, Dwight then leaves to rescue Michael, and while speeding out of the parking lot, 
crashes into a telephone pole. He stumbles around, vomits, but is not deterred and keeps going. They then arrive a little while later at the office. Michael has a bubble wrap cast and crutches. You missed two big conference calls today, one with corporate. Oh, did you explain why? No, I didn't mention that you cooked your foot. Burn my foot, Pam. Please stop popping my cast. The episode then starts to focus on the fact that though Michael claims to not want special treatment, his goal of the day is to have everyone baby him and wait on him. He attempts to get Pam to rub butter on his foot. He has Ryan running around to get his favorite foods. But no one really takes the injury seriously, and they just make jokes about the fact that he cooked his foot. As the day progresses, though, it does become clear that something's wrong with Dwight. He's unusually helpful, he doesn't finish sentences, he's not entirely aware of his movements. Him and Pam become friends over a bond of her prism, which is a knockoff iPod. Michael is disgusted that no one is taking his burned foot seriously. Can I ask you all a question? Do you know what it's like to be disabled, Oscar? Um, <clears throat> I had scoliosis as a girl. Never heard of it. No, a real disability, not a woman's trouble. When I was a teenager, I was in an iron lung. What? How, how old are you? <laughs> no, it... The point is, I am the only one here who has a legitimate disability. Although I'm sure Stanley has had his fair share of obstacles. I'm not disabled, and neither are you. Okay. What does this look like to you, Stanley? Mailboxes, etc. <laughs> so he calls a meeting to discuss respecting people with disabilities. In the conference room, Michael has hung pictures of famous disabled people, two of which are Tom Hanks characters. <laughs> He has a special guest, who is Billy, the building manager, because Billy is in a wheelchair. But Billy just wants to talk about basic building rules and is insulted by Michael's insensitivity. Before he leaves, though, Billy does point out it seems Dwight has suffered a concussion. In the meantime, Ryan buys Michael a pudding, which he's drugged with some extra-strength aspirin to make Michael less cranky. I found the pudding cups you wanted at a gas station in Carbondale. You did it. Look at you. And with the plate and the napkin, very nice. Thank you, Ryan. You're did very you, welcome. Did you get the yams? No, the gas station in Carbondale did not have fresh yams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I'll just have the pudding. You sure? Yeah. Okay. You know what? I feel better. Ryan brought me some chocolate pudding, and his kindness healed my foot. Yeah, baby, I am feeling better. My body's literally healing itself. It is amazing what the human body is capable of when you have a powerful brain. I ground up four extra strength aspirin and put them in Michael's pudding. I do the same thing with my dog to get him to take his heartworm medicine. The office then decides that it really is clear that Dwight needs to go to the hospital, and Jim and Michael shall accompany him. Let's just get to the elevator. What are you doing? Stop, 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 stop. Tired. Just, just take down. a break. Wake up. Ah! Wait, here, let me help you, Dwight. Okay, Pam. Get, get up. Get up. You're the best. Yeah. Just keep them away. It smells like chicken soup. I know. I have to go to the hospital. I know. Where are we going? I just want to say goodbye, okay? Well, I'll be back. I mean, yes, I know, but it's going to be different. Why? It's 
just hard to explain. Oh, Pam, you're adorable. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Come here. Oh, huggy <laughs> hugs. Um, Michael is initially bitter about this because he feels that Dwight is receiving the compassion that he deserved. But at the end scene, he agrees to go into the CAT scan with Dwight though not before he does attempt to sneak his foot into machine. <laughs> thank you for your consideration of this episode. Uh, thank you, Trudy, for the submission. This is a really, really great Office episode. Uh, there were two particular moments, I thought, that didn't really fit into the narrative of the submission that I thought were uh, exceptional. The one being when Michael... the whole. Michael's whole plot, for the most part, is basically fishing for sympathy anywhere he can get and being increasingly uh, obnoxious about it. So he goes into the bathroom, which is the in, right off of the little break room, and uh, Toby and Ryan are ser- they're sort of chit-chatting, and they have to deal with whatever Michael gets into. Wow, you just dive right in. You know, around age 12, I just started going for it. Ryan's Ryan's having- oh! String cheese. What what happened? I fell off the toilet. I'm caught between the toilet and the wall. What do you need? No, not you. Someone else. Get Pam. I think Pam's gonna want to come into the men's room. Get Ryan. Oh, he needs to lift me. And he needs to clean me up a little bit. Bring a wet towel. Ryan silently Ryan just stares. Is uh dead? No, he's not. Dead. I just saw him. No. Can you just get up yourself? I, you only grilled your foot. No, oh, forget it. I'll just get up myself. No! Ow! Oh! Oh God! Best Toby moment oh, in God. the series, so and good. everything that's happening with Michael is happening off screen. So it's this perfect kind of, you know, old school comedy in a way where it's just Toby's reaction and Ryan's reaction to yeah, it. Yeah, and Ryan's reaction, unfortunately, is all visual, but it's so great oh it's fantastic the way he sort of puts uh, his finger across his throat to <laughs> indicate and Toby's just like he's, he's dead, dead. <laughs> um, and the other one was after uh, Jim and Michael have loaded Dwight into the van Meredith's van which Michael being childish starts like poo-pooing the van because they can't go to the hospital in a cooler car um, Jim not only has to end up babysitting Dwight but also Michael because Michael is a child Wait, what are you drinking? I found it under the seat. Oh my God, Dwight! Bottle of liquor, of course. No! Give the bottle to Michael. No! Just give, give the it. bottle to Michael. Give it to me, no. Dwight. Just keep your eyes on the road. Give me the bottle, or you're fired. You can't fire me. I don't work in this van. <laughs> <laughs> also, Jim is trying to keep them in line. He's got a spray bottle of water in his hand. Yes. He just spritzes them like they're cats. Oh, that's that's fantastic recurring gag. I feel like the genius of this episode is that I mean Michael cooking his foot is fantastic yes. and it's so uncomfortable in moments when he's insulting the uh the guy in the wheelchair and so they cut to Pam and Pam is having that horrible vicarious thing where somebody's being so awful and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Um but the Dwight subplot not only ties into the Michael thing at the end really, really well in a really smart way. It's just really strong on an emotional level where he becomes so not himself that he's this really great friend to Pam. And he, even though he calls her Pam <laughs> at one time. Okay, see you later, Pam. Um, but he's just, he's every, he's sort of 
is exactly on the other side of the line of what Dwight would be, where when he makes the joke about, you know, oh, well, these MP3s that you could download, but they're all in Russian. And she's just like, oh, typical Dwight. But then he's kidding, and he's actually really nice to her, and that's why that's sort of hug at the end. And, she you know, it's like Flowers for Algernon, where he's going away. And did you write that down? (laughs) Um, But he's still himself. He's he's still a nerd. He's just nice. It's really, really well-written. Mindy Kaling wrote this episode, I believe. And... uh, it's Dwight's not a character who aged very well with me throughout mm-hmm. the course of the show. He We've really became caustic and unlikable and repetitive. I feel like this does, even when I loved the show, Dwight was a hard character to like. Even when well, he was being like effective, him. you're not supposed yeah, to like right. him. And I feel like this really plays on the idea of the office as a family where, you know, with just a little tweak, Dwight could be that sort of like nice older brother type to mm-hmm. Pam that I, I thought the episode was really smartly written. Yeah. This is from, from the second season of the show. And it's interesting to see how different, how much they sort of, I feel like they had to distinguish themselves from the British version by being, you know, nicer and have different kinds of emotional beats and mm-hmm. stuff. But at this stage of the show, everyone still is pretty disgusted with Michael almost all yes. the time. If yeah. this, if this scene had, if this episode was in season five or six, yeah, there, there would have been a much, much sooner mm-hmm. would people have come to Michael's side and realized, oh, he just yeah. doesn't know any better. Well, there was that reaction where that the cutaway to Jim after yeah. Michael Wants insulted to put his mouth in the grill. Yeah, yeah. he's like, I'd he like to, to put his face in the grill. Right. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like, yeah, like, yeah, I get Ouch. that. Yeah. I know a lot of people got on Jim's case as the show went on for being like too superior and smug, but it's just like, mm-hmm. God, sometimes when you see what Michael does, it's like, I get it. I mean, he commits the worst crime that anyone can in terms of violating the social contract, which is Billy, when he gets there, says somebody parked in the park. And yes. Yes. And that was Michael, obviously. Michael. Yeah. But um, the other thing that's interesting about it is that this is this dates from before the point in the show where the whole the, the conceit of the big meeting where Michael tries to school everybody. Yeah. had been run into the ground. Yes. And at this point, it was still fresh and still funny for yeah. Michael to like put photos on the wall to explain <laughs> things to people that don't need to be explained. The Tom Hanks ones were great because it was like, well, one Forrest Gump because he's mentally challenged. And the yeah. other one, he goes, Philadelphia yeah. AIDS. Yes. And Kelly says, that's not Philadelphia. <laughs> that's big. He's on the piano with Robert Loja. Yes. And then he says, well, he had a rapid aging disease. It still counts. It still counts. <laughs> anyway, it's a very... It's really dense with, with jokes. It Even is. For, a, for being yeah. a really strong story. It's got mm-hmm. a lot of laughs. It does. It's yeah. it's a it's very it's surprisingly jokey episode considering where it is today. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed the Dwight storyline a lot more than the Michael. I I will admit I kind of like I, I have total office U.S. burnout. Yeah, and it's, it, it it was a little hard to watch this episode and like put myself in the frame of mind of when I saw this for the first time before uh-huh. I was burnt out. Um, you know. It's interesting that I dislike Michael, and not just like because his character is unlikable, but I actually don't like him that much as a character. Yeah, and and now that he's gone, everybody, you know, he's you see the hole he's left in the show. Yeah, um, but Dwight in this episode is so good. He is. It is Dwight. 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 You know, we've 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 complained about. <laughs> The office U.S. not really knowing what to do with Dwight, and they really yeah. vacillate between a few pillars of his, yeah. you know, of his makeup. And uh, but this episode really just sort of flip it up. It, yeah. it was so effective, and you can only do that once in a in, yes. a, in a long while. Correct. The sight of him rapid fire patting Angela oh, on the yes! bum <laughs> is so great. Yep. 
Oh my god! But yeah, so I mean, rewatching this, it took me like five minutes to to get over that, and I was like, yeah. okay, you know what? This is like one of the strongest episodes yeah. Of, yeah. of The Office, and it, it is that little tweak to the formula, mm-hmm. and I think that's what keeps that fresh now, even for me. Yeah, looking back and sort of being a little, you know, wary of it. So um, I would vote yes on this one. I vote yes too. Yeah, enthusiastic yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, The Office U.S. The injury. You are hereby inducted into the extra hot great cannon. Do you know what time it is, guys? Oh, it's game time. All right, guys, it's the 10th game time of the season, and we're at an interesting crossroads. Mm. Tara is leading Joe 7-2. to two. It's a yeah. big lead. We have five games left in the regular season. You need to sweep the rest of these, Joe, if you want to force a tiebreaker yep. at the end of the season. So the pressure is definitely on. Game face on. Today we are playing Elimination Challenge. Oh, God. Apropos, no? Yes. <laughs> Gulp. <laughs> Elimination Challenge comes from Patrick Folo. He uh, is a uh, he's a repeat submitter now, I believe. Okay. Um, I am going to read you the kiss-off line from a reality show, and oh, you're going to tell me nice. what show it's from. Oh no God. hints. Nice. One point for a correct answer. Shit. And uh, we've okay. randomized the questions. Okay. We'll take turns. Yep. As is our new tradition, we're going <laughs> to do Rocky, Paper Moon, Edward Scissorhands to see who gets to go first. On three. One. Two, three. Paper Scissorhands. All right. Joe wins with Edward Scissorhands over Tara's Paper Moon. So, Joe, you're going to go first for Elimination Challenge. Okay. The line is, you might play for somebody, for somebody, but it won't be the Cowboys. Oh, what was that show called? You might play for somebody, but it won't be the Cowboys. I know exactly. It's the Michael Irvin show. It's, I think at least, um, God, um, I'm going to say Michael Irvin's, do you want to play for the Cowboys? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good guess. The name of that show is Fourth and Long. Fourth and Long. Okay. Okay. Tara. Yes. You've been evicted from the show name House. Big Brother. Correct for one point. Joe. See, yes. wait a minute. Yes. You can't say that the universe is against you in this one because football was up first. That's true. Sportsy got it. <laughs> Sportsy failed. <laughs> okay, Joe, your second question is. Yes. I sorry, your uh, elimination line is I'm sorry, your line has been dropped. I'm sorry, your line has been dropped? I'm sorry, your line has been dropped. Um. We have 36 questions today, by the way. Jeez. Your line has been dropped. That's either something about acting or something about fishing. Um, <laughs> maybe or maybe none. I'm trying to think of what a fishing what reality, a fishing show, reality would be. show. Well, yeah. I mean, there they are have... fishing reality shows. Yeah. Well, there's fishing shows, but are there fishing reality? I shows? think so. Wow. Your line. Has God, been I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Oh, oh, oh! No, uh, the fashion show. Mm. Is it fashion? Fashion. Launch line? my line is Launch the name of the line. show. That's, I knew it was that, and I couldn't. Remember. Yeah, I couldn't pull the name of it. Yeah, Tara. Yeah. You must leave the chateau. You must leave the chateau. 
You must leave oh. the chateau. What do you got? Oh, oh, um, Joe Millionaire? Yeah! Nice! Wow! All right, Joe. The spirit of Kim Reed came <laughs> through me. It was because of the injury, her favorite episode. Nice. Continue to reach for the stars, but you won't be styling them. <laughs> Ooh. Um. Continue to reach for the stars, but you won't be styling them. Oh, what was that stylist show called? Top Stylist? Good guess. Yeah. Glam God. Wow, okay. Yeah. We're dipping deep into one. reality yeah. show. No, this yeah. is good. Okay, oh, yeah. Tara. Yep. You're out. Oh, Project Runway. Joe, I'm yeah. sorry you've been eliminated from the race. Uh, the Amazing Race. Tara, you're out of style. Um, is it Stylista? Ooh, good guess. Design that was star? The Cut. Oh, The, oh, the cut. cut. All right, Joe, here's yes. one. Is, you're never going to get it. Okay. Sashay away. Wow, RuPaul's <laughs> Drag Race. Everything's coming up Millhouse. All yeah. right. <laughs> Question number 10 for Tara. Yep. You're not ready to work for Diddy. Um, I want to work for Diddy. <laughs> yeah. That was a brain buster, that one was. <laughs> okay, let's get a score break after our 10th question. Joe. Two. And Tara. Four. All right, it's still anybody's game. All right, Joe. Yes. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, contestant name, you're dead to us. Uh, the Joe Schmo Show. Correct. Nice. Also would have accepted Lap of Luxury, apparently. Oh, the fake show on the Joe Schmo Show. Yes. yes. Okay, Tara. Yep. I have to ask you to leave the mansion. The Bachelor slash Bachelorette. Oh, that's what I would have guessed, too. I think this was the uh, Ashton Kutcher show, Beauty and the Geek. Yes. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah. Yeah. That's right. one of one of his shows. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Joe. Yes. I'm sorry to tell you, your membership has been denied. Your membership has been denied. This won't help you, but I've never heard of this. Okay. Member? What would you be a member of? I don't know. It's not the Bad Girls Club. From G's like... to Gents. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. That I've sounds like third tier reality. So many yeah. VH1 shows. So many VH1 shows, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Tara? Yep. You're not right for our band. Um, rock band? Rockstar? <laughs> Shit. Rockstar in excess. All right. Okay, Joe. Yes. I'm sorry you didn't get a rose. The Bachelor slash The Bachelorette. Correct. Tara. Yep. Your time's up. Your time's up. I do not know. What if I wore a clock on my Uh-oh, chest? Oh, flavor, flavor of, of love. love. Correct. Okay, number 17. The, the spread, spread eagle. eagle. You, wow, that was fantastic. <laughs> Let's try that again, guys. We're all tied up. This is tense. Number Can't 17. Can't fuck around with a spread eagle right now. Okay, that was pretty good. Spread eagle. <laughs> You are no longer in the running to be show name. This is me? Yeah. Uh, yep. Yes. America's Next Time Model. Correct. Tara. Yep. Please pack your tools and go. Tools? Tools. Please pack your tools and go. Top design? Okay, this is weird. Top Chef Desserts. Top Chef Just Desserts. Oh. Yeah. Do they like make, make cupcakes with hammers? 
<laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, they do have cake tools. Yeah. Joe? Yes? Your show title did not work for us. Your show title didn't work for us. Your... Um... Work of art. Yes! Correct. All right. All right number 20. Mm-hmm. Your stay in show title is over. Paradise Hotel? That's what I would have guessed too. Uh, here's another one that I don't think it actually exists. Solitary with the I as a, is a one. Hmm. Okay. Never heard of it. No. Sounds oh. syndicated. It does sound does. syndicated. All right. After number 20, let's get a score break. I have six. I have four. All right. Fortunes have turned around. Number 21, and this is Joe's. Your tour ends here. Uh, Rock of Love with Brett Michaels. Rock of, yes. That's fine. The answer here I have is Rock of Love bus, like in parentheses Do bus. Do we count that as a separate show? But I'm going to get. It is, and it was a different kiss off Is line? there another Rock of Love on the list? No. You know what? I think there, I think there was a different kiss off line. I don't, I don't know. I never watched it. I just know they were different. Let's, they were let's put an asterisk shows. there. Yeah, I don't think I got that one. Okay. All right. Damn it. Because it's tour, right? Right. Because they're on the bus. Yes, that's what... Yeah. Should have known that. Okay. No. You just good. don't fit in. This is me? Yep. You just don't fit in. Supermodel? <laughs> Shit. I feel like I know this one. Apprentice Martha Stewart. Oh, right. Oh, of course. I okay. <laughs> Joe. Yes. Oh, and it was make me a supermodel anyway. Yeah. You're fired. <laughs> the Apprentice. I swear these are randomized. <laughs> Tara. Yep. Please pack your knives and go. Top Chef. There you go. Joe. <laughs> You've been dropped. Get the fuck out of here. Wow, really? <laughs> Jeez. Um. Um. Oh, The Ultimate Fighter? <laughs> 50 Cent, The Money and the Power. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Tara. Yeah. Here's an inventive one. You're going home. (laughs) You're going home. Oh, man. I hope those writers were paid well. (laughs) All right. Here's the deal. Okay. What if our show, it's you're going home. All right. I don't know. I love money. The Chopping Block. Joe? Yes. Number 27. You fired your last shot. Top shot. I forgot to play the 19. Oh, oh no. Tara, you give f- me your jacket and leave show title. Give me your jacket. And leave show title. Chopped? Pardon? Chopped? Hell's Kitchen. Oh, I knew it was a cooking show. Yeah. Joe, yes. you're not on the list. You're not on the list. Yeah. Um, party planners. Um, you're not. Oh, on the is list. it? Uh, no, that wasn't. I don't know. I want to be a Hilton. Oh yeah, remember her? That one. Okay, here we are, number thirty, Tara. You're below the yellow line and up for elimination. The biggest loser. Correct. Okay, so after 30 questions, it's time for our last score break before we end it. Joe? Eight. Tara? Six. All right, two points. You both got three questions left. Joe? Yes. (laughs) 
Game over. Game over. The mole. It's a good the, guess, though. Yeah. The pickup artist. Oh, game, <laughs> game over. I see over. what they did there. Tara? Oh, yes. Oh, God. You've been chopped. <laughs> Is it chopped? <laughs> wow. Joe. Yes. I'm sorry to tell you, Joe. Yes. Here's yours. Okay. Your check has been voided. Oh, no, this is I Love Money. Wow, nice. All those months spent watching I Love Money have paid off. Tara? I don't have to feel so bad about myself. (laughs) Yes. Your show has been canceled. Your show has been canceled. Yeah. Your show has been canceled. Is it, um... The fashion show? Design star. Design star. Okay, Joe. Number 35. This is your last question. Okay. Our friendship is finished. Oh, um. What was that called? It was called Paris Hilton is my BFF. That is not correct title. No, what is it called? Paris Hilton's my new BFF? Paris Paris Hilton, my new BFF. Oh, so close. It doesn't matter. No, I know, but okay. Tara, last question for you. This was your final cut. Sheer genius. Yes. Correct. Correct. Damn, again. So close. One point. How close was it? One point. By one point. uh, Nine to eight. Was the tiebreaker see you later, decorator? The tiebreaker was... The tribe has spoken. Oh, sure. Uh, Boy, top design can't even get anything in with See Later Decorator, (laughs) their lasting contribution to society. Uh, Yay! Still alive. Show! Joe! All right. All right, guys, that's it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We discussed three comedy offerings, all suggested by you, our listeners, and we thank you. We were bullish on Futurama's future stock. 30 Helens could not agree on Kids in the Hall. And the offices, the injury, made the cut. We played Elimination Challenge, and I'm sorry, but Tara, it's not your time. <laughs> we are on Twitter at Extra Hot Podcast. We are on Facebook as Extra Hot Great, and we're on Google Plus too. But nobody's joining because nobody's on Google Plus. Who cares about Google Plus? Nobody. <laughs> send us your audio submissions explaining why you are not a crackpot for an upcoming episode, and send us your game times. If we use them, we'll get to pick an Extra Hot Great mini topic, just like the three people on today's Canon Show. More details on our site at extrahotgreat.com. Remember. I am David T. Cole on behalf of Tara Ariana. Good morning. And Joe Reed. What's her problem? Thanks for listening. We'll see you right here next time on Extra Hot Great. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Because I don't want ass prints on my new door.